Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True stories of Mr. President. Now, Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening, and the old mansion is resting quietly after a busy day. Only one window on the ground floor shows a light. We enter and find ourselves in the President's study. Good evening. Sit down, won't you? Did you ever try any carpenter work around your house with another man's tools? Somehow you can't be sure the saw is sharp enough that the nails will go in true or that the result will be what you want. For a president doing a job with another president's cabinet is the same kind of a problem, as you'll see in tonight's story. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which president these events really happened to, but meanwhile, you may be able to guess. For three years, I'd been vice president. Then the president died, and I found myself having to work with men who had been in his cabinet his friends, the men he had trusted. Uh, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, I uh, suppose you've been wondering about the one empty chair at our table this morning? Well, it belongs, of course, to the Secretary of the Interior. He's usually late anyway, Mr. President. <laughs> well, he's not late this morning, Lewis. He isn't coming. The fact is, gentlemen, he has resigned. The Senate Investigating Committee, headed by Senator Franks, has discovered that the Secretary was involved in a major scandal. He's suspected of having accepted large bribes and... He's evidently guilty. Now, you all know that a Senate or House investigation committee is like a forest fire. It's hard to say which way the flames may jump next. If the investigating committee finds what it's looking for, that may light the spark that will consume this very administration. Uh, Mr. President. Yes, Storm. Are you implying that others of us here in this room might be involved with the Secretary of the Interior? No, Storm, I'm not. But since Senator Franks has found one cabinet officer who misused his office, he's naturally going to look closely at the rest of you. Let him look, Mr. President. He will, Lewis, whether we let him or not. Now, here's the point. Last night, the Secretary of the Interior begged me to help him to defend him. And I flatly refused. I insisted he resign at once, and he did. Well, Mr. President, are you personally convinced he's guilty? Yes, I am. In advance of a legal trial? Storm, I'm not trying to anticipate what a court of law will say about his guilt, but I am convinced he's guilty of misconduct in office. That's enough to disqualify him for the cabinet, isn't it? Well, yes, of course, but, uh, uh, Mr. President, what's your attitude toward the rest of us? Gentlemen, when I took office, I asked all of you to remain in the cabinet for the rest of this term. 
As long as there's no corruption or incompetence, I will retain all of you in the cabinet. That's all, gentlemen. Thank you. Good morning, Senator Franks. Oh, good morning, Harper. And it's a very good morning, isn't it? Get rid of the Secretary of the Interior. Now for the next step, Secretary of the Navy, Lewis. Senator Franks, aren't you attacking the President pretty hard? What of it, Senator Harper? Well, you're not giving him time to act on his own account. Time, Senator, time? He's as weak a President as his late predecessor was. Why should we give him time? Now, uh, let me tell you what I've got in mind. <laughs> See who that is, Miss Sarah. Mr. President, it's uh, Senator Harper. Oh, good. Come in, Fred. Come Hello, in. Mr. President. Good morning. Miss Sarah and I were just sitting down for a quick lunch. And Fred, wouldn't you join us? Oh, yes. Thank you. Will you sit here, Senator? Oh, thanks, Miss Sarah. And uh, Mr. President, I just came from a meeting of the investigating committee. Senator Franks is presenting a resolution to the Senate this afternoon asking for the removal of Secretary of the Navy Lewis from the cabinet. Secretary Lewis? Mm -hmm. Lewis? Why, Fred? On the grounds that he was involved in the same corrupt scheme that the Secretary of the Interior was. Well, has she got any evidence against Lewis? Oh, there, there's no evidence that Lewis himself was corrupt, only that he was innocently involved in the scheme. Well, Senator Franks' point is that this makes him obviously incompetent to go on holding his job. Well, that resolution will pass the Senate, won't it? Senator Franks carries a lot of weight, you know. Yes, he certainly does, Mr. President. Mm -hmm. Well, well, Mr. President, aren't you glad to have this news? Well, I'd feel more faith in my cabinet if Lewis and Attorney General Storm were out of it, of course. I'm afraid that we don't see eye to eye on many of my policies and issues. After I talked to them the other morning, I'd hoped they'd take the hint and resign. But they didn't. Well, this Senate resolution is a stronger hint. Exactly, Mr. President. Well, now, stop and think a moment, Fred. I'm committed to finishing this term the way the late president would have finished it with the men he picked to help him. That's what the people voted for. I may not like some of these cabinet officers, but I'm bound to go along with them. I'm not doing my own job. I'm finishing another man's job. Well, yes, I know, but nobody can blame you if you remove Lewis because of the Senate resolutions. sir. Afraid if I jump at the chance to remove cabinet officers my predecessor appointed, unless I've got the best reason in the world, it'll look only as if I'm repudiating the platform on which I was elected vice president. Mr. President, there, there's a lot of danger in the way you're thinking about this. Maybe, with a very little more time, I could get Lewis and Storm to resign of their own accord. But now Franks is making that impossible. But how, sir? The Senate resolution gives you a wonderful excuse to get rid of Lewis, at least. That's just the contrary, Fred. It puts me in a bad position. If I fire them after the Senate resolution, it will look bad for the entire administration. Actually, the Senate resolution prevents me from getting rid of Lewis, or it will if the Senate actually passes it. Mr. President, the Senate has passed the resolution. Here's a copy of it. I was afraid of that, Miss Sarah. Have Secretary Lewis come to see me, will you please, at once? Sit down, Lewis, won't you? I'm very upset, sir. That Senate resolution That's is... why I wanted to see you. I want you to know what I'm going to do about it. I think I ought to warn you, sir. I have no intention of resigning. I've got to protect myself. The only way I see to do that is wait until you remove me. Lewis, you misunderstand the situation. You remember what I told you to all of you in the cabinet? That I would not defend a guilty man. 
but that I would stand by you because you were appointed by my predecessor. I'm not guilty of anything, sir. Lewis, let me talk even more frankly than I have so far. I would not have selected you as my secretary of the Navy. Oh. Well, if you think I'm so No, bad, no, don't sir. get angry. Don't get angry. Just let me finish. It's plain sense, Lewis. Any president wants his cabinet to be made up of men he knows personally. You and I didn't know each other before we both met in Washington three years ago. True enough. Now but... I could use this Senate resolution as a pretext for asking for your resignation. But neither you nor I are entirely our own bosses in this situation. I've made up my mind to finish this term as my predecessor started it. Because that's what the people voted for. That's what binds us all, Lewis. I'm not going to ask you for your resignation. And I'm not going to remove you. I... I owe you an apology, Mr. President. I was sure you were going to let me go just to save your own skin with the Senate. I can't. What? I can't remove any cabinet officer under pressure from the Senate. The Senate is exceeding its authority when it tries to force my hand. Oh, I see. So I'm sending this message to the Senate tomorrow. It says simply that the removal of a cabinet officer is exclusively up to the President, not to the Senate. In short, this message means mind your own business. Then there's nothing to worry about, is there? Oh, yes, there is. There'll be a lot of pressure from public opinion for you to resign of your own accord. I'm not afraid of that, sir. I promise you I'll stick it out. All right, Lewis, but both of us had better realize it's not going to be easy. President, Senator Franks to see you, Oh, sir. thank you, Miss Sarah. Good morning, Mr. President. Good morning, Senator. I'll be at my desk if you want me, Mr. President. Very well, thank you, Miss Sarah. Well, Senator, how can I help you? I'll be quick and blunt, sir. I've come to protest the message you sent to the Senate yesterday, refusing to acknowledge our resolution about Secretary Lewis. Senator, you know the Senate overstepped its authority. My message referred you to the Constitution. You're putting yourself in an impossible position, Mr. President. Yourself and the rest of us in our party. I can't help it, Senator. You're putting yourself and us in the position of defending men who are certainly incompetent. Maybe corrupt. Well, there's no evidence that Lewis is corrupt. Oh, good heavens, Mr. President. Must a man be a jailbird before you remove him? If you try to force my hand, this Senator... This is fantastic. Look here. I don't want incompetent men in the cabinet any more than you do. But if I remove them for any but the very best reasons... I'm guilty of weakening the office I hold. But the people who elected us, Mr. President... I have two duties, Senator. One is to the office of president. It doesn't belong to me personally. It belongs to all the men who've been honored to hold it before me and who'll hold it after me. The Constitution gave us certain powers, and I've got to defend them against anybody who attacks them. There's still a duty to the people who voted for us. You can't use those powers to keep incompetent men in office. You're forgetting... You're forgetting yourself, Senator, and you're forcing me to do things that I don't want to do. Do you realize that? I see only that there are men in the cabinet who don't belong there. I agree with you. But I can't get rid of them in only one way without seeming to repudiate the platform I was elected on. That's if they resign entirely of their own accord. I disagree with you entirely, Mr. President. I'm sorry for that. I'm going to keep after Lewis and Storm until they get out. I'm not going to wait until it pleases them. The more you attack them, Senator, the longer they'll stay. If they resign under your attacks, they might just as well admit every charge that's made against them, and they won't do that. We'll see, sir. We'll see. And I say to the Senate, that Secretary Lewis, if not downright corrupt at least knew of the corruption in the Interior Department and held his tongue. 
So far, the president has refused to heed the growing public demand for the removal from his cabinet of Secretary Lewis. All right. Will the president tell the people why he retains a man of obvious incompetence? Why is he protecting him? Dreadful, Mr. President. There seems to be nothing the senator won't say. That's not the main thing, Miss Sarah. The main point still is how to get rid of Lewis without giving in to the Senate and without going back on my job. You could only put in your own men. That would be simple, Miss Sara, in a world where everything was plain and logical, but it isn't. The result is it's made to look as if I'm defending dishonest men, when all I want to do is to get rid of them. That's what comes of having to finish another man's job. Mr. President, Secretary Lewis. Oh, thank you. Come in, Lewis. Well, what is it? I have a letter for you, sir. Oh? It's quite short. Will you read it? It's your resignation. And what made you decide on this? Senator Franks and public opinion are too strong for me, sir. I can't go on being accused of everything under the sun. Well, I thought you wanted to fight it out. I did. But there's a limit. Do you accept my resignation, sir? Yes, Lewis, I accept it. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. President. Goodbye, Lewis. Well, Mr. President, you should be feeling very chipper today. Chipper? Why, friend? <laughs> well, you got rid of Lewis. That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Yes. His resignation was entirely voluntary as far as I was concerned. <laughs> and well, we have to admit, sir, Senator Franks had a great deal to do with it. So it seems... But I still say Lewis would have resigned much sooner if he hadn't been forced into a defensive position. And even more important, Senator Franks, by antagonizing him, has undermined confidence in the whole administration. You see, Fred, I don't believe that he forced Lewis to resign just because of Lewis. Well, what do you mean, sir? That's one way of getting at me and my policies. Well, but if that's what he wanted to do, it didn't work out. As you said yourself, Lewis's resignation was purely voluntary, and he made it to you, not to Frank's. That's the way it worked this time. I hope that uh, now that Lewis has resigned and he's out, Frank's will leave me alone to deal with the rest of the cabinet my own way. But, Fred, I'm afraid he's going to try to keep the pot boiling. Gentlemen, our score is now two down, one to go. The one to go is Attorney General Storm. Senator Franks, can't you leave the president alone, at least for a little while? Why, Harper? Well, don't you see the position you're putting the president in? He wants to get rid of Storm, too. I'm he... afraid I don't believe that, Harper. Here we have a man in the White House who ignores the Senate, who refuses its advice. Franks, you know the president has to ignore the Senate if it oversteps its authority. Not if he doesn't want to. In any case, I'm going to give him another chance. This afternoon, I'm going to present another resolution to the Senate, urging the immediate removal of Attorney General Storm. Have you any reason for the resolution, Senator? Yes, a very good one. Storm must be removed because, as Attorney General, he's refused to use the full force of his office in cases where his friends 
or under suspicion? Let's see how the president answers that. Sarah, I want this message uh, put in proper form and sent to the Senate. Yes, sir. Uh, gentlemen, I am regretfully compelled to reject your resolution calling for the removal of Attorney General Storm. Once again, you have overstepped the constitutional authority of the Senate, and you're trying to invade the office of the President of the United States. <laughs> Senator Franks, do you have a statement for the press? Yes, I have. Gentlemen, you've all read the president's refusal to remove Attorney General Storm. Takes cowardly refuge in constitutional arguments, but his real meaning is plain. He will not remove a man who is not only a corrupt friend of the late president, but is a corrupt friend of his own. I predict that as long as Storm remains in the cabinet... President stands convicted of complicity in all the scandals which are rocking the country today. Extra, extra! Senator accuses President of defending corruption! Extra, extra! Senator Frank charges President with conspiracy! President, now they're accusing you of corruption. I'm not afraid of that, Miss Sarah. The charge will fall of its own weight soon enough. What I'm wondering is how Storm will react to all this. Well, he always struck me as a different type of man from Secretary Lewis. He might resign at once. That's my hope, Miss Sarah, and I've got an idea how I can hurry him a little. Ask him and Senator Harper to come and see me this evening, will you please? Together? They dislike each other thoroughly, don't they? That's just the point, Miss Sarah. Tell them at 9 p.m., please. <laughs> Storm, I appreciate your coming here this evening. Mr. President, I don't quite understand Senator Harper's being present. You'll see. I know he's not as much of an enemy of mine as Senator Franks is, but I, I wouldn't call him my friend. Don't jump to the conclusion that I want to be here. The president invited me, and I came. He'll have to tell us what he expects. Yeah, that's right, Storm. Now, we've got to, a delicate problem, and there are certain things I want Fred to explain to you instead of doing it myself. But first, I want to know this. What's your feeling about Senator Frank's attack on you? It's an outrage. He has no real evidence against me, nothing but a desire to ruin my standing and reputation. You're not aware of any reason why you should resign, are you? Certainly not. What reasons could there be? That's what I want Fred to tell you. Will you, Fred? Well, well, uh, I don't quite understand. I want you to tell Storm what you and I have discussed between us. Oh, oh, I, I see. Well, uh, Storm, you know, don't you, that Lewis's refusal to resign for so long was very embarrassing to the president? Why should Lewis have sacrificed himself at all? It wouldn't have looked like that if he'd offered to resign at the very beginning. Yes, uh, is that what you want me to do, Mr. President? I'm only trying to find out exactly how you feel. Hmm. Well, go ahead, Senator. Well, you're in a position right now to save the president from a split in the administration. If you resign of your own accord. That that would make me look guilty of everything Franks is saying about me. All right, you can demand an investigation. Why should I even acknowledge the charge? I'll say it again. To save the president, to split in the administration. Oh. Well, I see what you're after, Mr. President. You want me to draw the lightning away from you. Not exactly, Storm. As long as I'm convinced you're not guilty of any Senator Franks' charges, I'll stand by you. Because you were chosen by my predecessor. And I don't want to repudiate him. In other words, if you're perfectly blameless, 
I will not remove you. I am perfectly blameless. But I also want you to realize what it costs me to stand by you. It means I run the risk of a split administration because Frank's right or wrong carries tremendous weight in the country. But the Senate can't tell you what to do. Not legally. But you saw how Frank's whipped up public opinion about Lewis until Lewis couldn't stand it. And the result of that was nothing good for anybody. Lewis had to resign after all. And I had to contend with the party fighting within itself. I've got a little more willpower than Lewis, Mr. President. I won't frighten as easily. Storm, wait a minute. Let me put the choice up to you in another way. Uh, check me if I'm wrong. Surely. Now, here's your choice. If there's the slightest chance of your having to resign at all, resign now. What do you mean, the slightest chance? Is there any substance whatever in Frank's charge that uh, you've avoided prosecuting certain cases because of the defendants are your friends? That is a lie. And Storm, will you be able personally to withstand the attacks that are going to be made against you and against me? I'm not afraid of speeches and newspapers. Mr. President, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. <laughs> Good morning, Senator Franks. Hello, Harper. Good to sit down. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I wanted to ask you a question, Senator. Certainly. Late yesterday afternoon, I met the chief investigator of your committee. He hinted that you found some evidence of real corruption on the part of Attorney General Storm. That's quite true, Harper. What are you going to do about it? Present it to our committee, to the public. Aren't you going to tell the president about it? He refused to take the advice of the Senate about Lewis. Why should I tell him about Storm It would now? be a generous gesture on your part. I don't follow you, Harper. You'll recall that the president explained to you what a difficult position he's been in. Well, he still is. I have very little faith in the president's real desire to get rid of Storm. Wait a minute. Let me tell you something in confidence, Senator Franks. He's been keeping Storm in the cabinet only on Storm's word of honor that there was no basis for any charges against him. Well, now, don't you see how it'll embarrass him to learn that Storm lied? <laughs> Will it indeed... You listen to me, Harper. I'm not going to show any mercy to a man who's nearly wrecked the party. I'm going to bring Storm before our committee. After that, he'll be indicted and tried. Too late for the president to beg for mercy now. Mr. President, Senator Franks refuses to tell you anything. Are you sure he's got any real evidence against Storm? Yes, sir, I am. Miss Sarah... Sends for the Attorney General, please. Storm, you're looking at just about the angriest man you've ever seen in all your life. I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. President. I'll be happy to tell you. Earlier this evening, I learned that Senator Franks has serious evidence against you. It's going to the public record tomorrow before his committee. By tomorrow noon, it'll be in every newspaper in the country. Evidence? Franks is talking through his hat. I've never known him to do it before, Storm. Is any of that evidence true? Now, what evidence is it supposed to be? Honestly, I don't know. I want you to tell me. How can I? Storm, I've never known Senator Franks to be wrong in a matter like this, never. Now you can see what you've done to me and to the administration. It was bad enough having to defend first Lewis and then you against attacks, but at least Lewis wasn't dishonest. Mr. President, be careful how you accuse me. I told you from the beginning I wouldn't tolerate unqualified men. I would never have chosen you myself. But as long as my predecessor had faith in you, I was willing to keep you in the cabinet. But not if there was the slightest doubt of your qualifications. I gave you two chances to resign, and you wouldn't. And I have no intention of resigning now. I refuse to make myself a victim of Senator Frank. Doesn't it mean anything to you that you're an embarrassment to this administration? If I am innocent, why does it? Even if you are innocent, the fact that you're an embarrassment ought to be enough for you. The late president didn't feel that way. Look here, Storm. I kept you in the cabinet because of him. 
and in spite of my personal feelings. But I warned you I'd never let you or anybody else abuse the confidence I was forced to show in you. Mr. President, as usual, you're over ready to convict a man before he's proven guilty. I'll leave it to the Senate's committee to solve that question. Now, for the last time, I'm giving you a chance to resign voluntarily. And make myself look guilty? If you weren't guilty, you wouldn't be afraid. If you don't resign now, Storm, I'll remove you. That will make it look far worse. Mr. President, I refuse to be made a political victim. Good night, sir. Will Attorney General Storm take the witness chair, please? Over here, Mr. Storm. Uh, Senator, I... I'd like to make a brief statement first. Very well, Mr. Storm. I, I am no longer Attorney General of the United States. What? I, uh, I have resigned. Extra, extra! Attorney General resigns! Faces Senate inquiry! Extra! Senate hearings clear President of Responsibility for Corrupt Cabinet Officers! Fred, what in heaven's name made Storm resign after all? <laughs> you, Mr. President. Me? Mm-hmm. You're a talk with him. No, Fred, I did tell him just how I felt, but he didn't give an inch. Yeah, not only that, Mr. President, but what you said hit the mark. You see, he went home and he did some honest thinking about himself. He knew he had been guilty of misuse of funds and malfeasance of office. He knew what you would do, and that was found out. So he had to take your advice. Well, I'm not surprised he couldn't face me with it, but I'm glad he had the decency to step out. <laughs> Mr. President... This letter's just come for you, sir. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Huh. Well, listen to this, friend. It's from Franks. My dear Mr. President, may I express my admiration for the way in which you personally endured the abuse heaped upon you in the past weeks? Many another man could not have kept silent in the circumstances. Also, you have brought your administration through a crisis which might easily have destroyed public confidence in you. As you know, I did my best to get to the bottom of what seemed to be to me at least, an extremely grave situation. You may not have agreed with my methods, but I think you will agree with my purpose. I know about your meeting with Storm and your putting the decision up to him. Your very own unmistakable position forced his resignation. You accomplished with dispatch an objective we all desire. I think the next election will confirm the fact that we have survived the worst scandals any administration ever faced. Well, well, sincerely yours. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty nice of the old boy that, isn't it? Sir? Oh, I think it's wonderful, Mr. President. You'll never have any trouble with him again. Uh, what did you say, Miss Sarah? Let me tell you something. When the day comes that there's no trouble between the White House and the Capitol, it'll mean there's something seriously wrong with the whole country. <laughs> All right. The next time we have a crisis, I'll remind you of that. Please do. In fact, right now, there's the tariff bill. Oh, no, no, not uh, now, Miss Sarah. No, certainly no. not now. Oh, definitely <laughs> no, Miss Sarah, not now. Good night, good night. Well, have you guessed which president this story happened to? The time was 1924, just after Warren Harding died. And the vice president, Calvin Coolidge, took over the presidency. It's often forgotten today that while the great oil scandals that rocked the country began while President Harding was alive, 
that it was President Coolidge who was faced with the problem of reconstructing the cabinet. Tonight, the man we called Lewis was really Secretary of the Navy, Denby. And the storm was in reality Harry Doherty, who, though found guilty by a Senate committee, was later set free after a court trial. Come in and see me next week, won't you? I'll have another story for you about the White House and Mr. President I'm sure you'll enjoy. Good night. President, by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Sinclair Lewis' Cast Timberlane, starring Spencer Tracy, Lana Turner, and Zachary Scott. <laughs> Mr. President is presented each week by the American Broadcasting Company. It is produced by Robert G. Jennings and directed by Dwight Hauser. Miss Sarah was played by Betty Lou Gerson. Tonight's story by Paul R. Milton was suggested by incidents in the administration of President Calvin Coolidge. Music was composed and conducted by Basil Adlam. when Edward Arnold brings you another story of Mr. President. Now here's a special program note. Tomorrow night on the official This Is Your FBI, J. Edgar Hoover makes one of his infrequent radio appearances. Here, This Is Your FBI tomorrow night. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.